You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Hi everyone, Heather again with you today and we're going to be having another devotion today. I got some great feedback from some people last time about our devotion, having a look at the life of Mary of Bethany and how her example can affect us and how we live today. And uh, and so I wanted to do another one of those devotions today. And we're going to be having a look at Psalm 139. And I know that this is a really well-known psalm. It's quite a, a well-worn passage of scripture and partly because it's just so beautifully written and poetic and um, fabulous. But the thing with Psalm 139 is that what we tend to do with it is we tend to just read it through And go, isn't that beautiful? Rather than actually having the opportunity to break it up into sections and to really look into what David was wanting to say. And so I wanted to do that a little bit today and um, hopefully bring some encouragement to you as a carer, a parent of foster kids, bio kids, adoptive kids, um, but also the potential for you to see ways that you can encourage your kids um, who are in your care as well um, once we sort of open up this passage of scripture. So we're going to start obviously from verse 1 of Psalm 139. This is what it says. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Now I just want to stop there at verse 6 for a moment and just have a look at this section um, as one kind of unit. Because I think what David was wanting to do was actually break this psalm up into different sections and and speak about the way that he sees himself through God's eyes, but also the way that he sees God's character as well. And the thing about this uh, section here that we've just read is that God is speak uh, David sorry is speaking very clearly about God being omniscient, that He is all knowing, He sees everything. Uh, God knows what will be in the day ahead and he knows how we'll feel when we come to bed at night. He knows our thoughts and our actions. He knows the things we try to keep hidden from even those who are closest to us. He sees it all. He knows the hidden thoughts and the hidden desires and uh, the hidden mutterings that we have under our breath throughout our day. He sees everything. He sees when we are tired and grumpy and when we speak out of that place and he sees when we're on top of the world, he sees absolutely everything. In fact, we can't even imagine the things that he knows. We can't escape his knowledge. We're completely naked and vulnerable before him. If there are things about us that we hope people don't know or never find out, he knows already. (laughs) And... When I think about this as a section and I think about God being omniscient and all-knowing, I I start to think about, you know, what is it that I see within myself that is my greatest weakness or my biggest weakness? 
What is it that I see as my greatest strength that I sort of wish that I could offer the world or that the world would know something about? God sees all of those things. And yet there's something, I think, a tendency within us that sometimes we want to hide that kind of stuff or we feel like we can somehow uh, keep that from him the same way that we can keep it from other people and yet we can't. And so David points this out. He says, God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He sees everything. And yet he wants to be near us. And that's what moves him into this next section from verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn... If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And so here, David continues this thought. He's saying, you know, you're all knowing, you know absolutely everything about me, but you then choose to be present. And so David is pointing out here that God is not just omniscient. He's not just all knowing. He's omnipresent as well. And he's not just omnipresent. He's not just all present. It's not that he has to be present. It's that he wants to be present. And, and so David's saying, you know all of this stuff about me and yet you choose to be near me. You want to be near us. It's not that he, he's in us so he can't escape. It's that he chooses to surround us with his presence. He guides us. He holds us. And despite our weaknesses, he chooses to place himself with us, which I just love because I don't know about you, but if you've got, if you're anything like me, then you've got memories of times when you were really not at your best. And in fact, you were probably really at your worst. And your thinking might be, well, why would God want to be around me (laughs) in that context or in that situation? Well, he does. He chooses to be near us. I, um, an example that I can think of just from my life, it was a number of years ago, but it was when my husband, my now husband, Lucas and I were dating and, um, we were sort of at a stage where we were starting to get to know each other and we hadn't been dating for that long. And I remember this one afternoon, we had this huge argument and I was about to go off to a camp that I was speaking at a youth camp. And um, we'd had this massive argument and it was really not pleasant. And I was angry and didn't want to be near him. And he was angry and I was thinking, well, I'm not really behaving terribly well and he's probably not terribly impressed with me and I certainly was not terribly impressed with him. And yet this fascinating thing happened because I was about to leave for camp and he said to me, I'd like to drive you there. And I went, well, hang on a second, it's, you know, an hour and a half away. And he said, no, no, I'd like to drive you there. I'd like to drive you and drop you off at the camp. I'd like to do that for you. And I thought, why would you want to be near me right now? Why would you want to be anywhere near me right now? I Like I'm not... I'm not feeling like I'm really my best self. In fact, I'm probably feeling more like I'm my worst self. But it was this amazing moment that captured for me, or really um, it was an example to me, 
of the kind of character that he had. And it was really, it spoke to me so loudly because it told me this guy is going to push past emotion because he chooses to see beyond what's happening today and see the potential that I have within me. He actually wants to be around me, even when I'm at my worst, because he sees something beyond what's happening right now. And um, it was one of those sort of formative moments for me when I realized I'd found a good one. Um, But I think really, this is what David's talking about here. He's going, even when I'm at my worst, even in the darkest of times, when I can't see the other side, when I can't see my way out, God chooses to be near me. And it's not because he likes the ugliness. It's because he sees the beauty and he sees the goodness and he sees the potential behind what's happening right now. He sees me and he sees the best in me beyond what's happening today. And I think it's really important for us to understand that just as individuals and people who know Jesus and are are learning to know him more, but also for us to understand as carers and parents that our kids are going to have moments like that too. And there's something very profound about our response in that moment to them that speaks more loudly than our words when we choose to be near them, even when they're at their worst. And I'm not saying, okay, so we need to be the kind of people who therefore put up with bad behavior or, um, you know, allow kids to be abusive towards us or anything like that. No, 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 I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is sometimes in their worst moments, they think that we will leave or that we don't want to be near them because of what they did. But if our attitude says, no, I actually see something bigger in you. I see something greater in you. I see a bigger potential and a beauty within you. And I know that what's happening right now is not the true you. Then there's something about just saying, I want to be present with you. Even in the darkest of times, even in the difficult times, that speaks volumes to them. And it's not just a simple human response. It's actually teaching them about the heart of God and the presence of God and that God wants to be near and he wants to push past that ugliness and be absolutely present with us because he sees this beauty that has been created beyond what's happening at this particular moment or at that particular moment. We're going to continue on with verse 13 in just a moment. But before we do, here's a little bit of information for you. If you're involved in long or short-term care, emergency care, respite care, kinship care, permanent care or adoption, you'll already know that the challenges you deal with are best shared in community. ARC creates communities of support for faith based carers right across Australia. Our goal is to make a big enough network of such communities of carers that everyone can access the support, resources and help they need via relationships with other accredited carers. Want to know more about how you can join an existing ARC community or set one up in your local area? Go to arcaustralia.org slash communities to find out how. And we're back. We're having a look at verse 13 of Psalm 139. He says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We might stop there at verse 16. I love this. He, he's speaking about the power of God in creation. The power of God to create and knit us together in absolute, precise perfection. Whatever it is, uh, whatever you see when you see a person, the very thing that's most important about them is their uniqueness. And God has, what, what David is saying here is that God has created him and saw everything about him, his potential, his purpose, his personality. Everything was created in a specific and deliberate way. And what I love uh, is that David then, in verse 14, he says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And your works are wonderful, I know that full well. So what he, he's saying is, I have been created amazingly. But this is not a statement of David saying, well, therefore I'm amazing, or I think I'm great, or looking somehow at his own ability to be awesome. Rather, David's saying, you created me. And so I can see because your works are so awesome that you've created me amazingly. And that includes the weaknesses. What he's talking about here, and he's been talking before about God being uh, omniscient and omnipresent. But here he's talking about the omnipotence of God, that God is omnipotent. He is all powerful. So he is able to create David in this perfect way. And he says it as a statement of fact that he is awesome, that he is amazing because God has created him like that. The fascinating thing, I think, for us is that so often we look at ourselves and we're not able to say God did an amazing job because we just see our flaws and we see our weaknesses. And yet the flaws and weaknesses that are created within us as a part of us are actually a part of how God created us. We don't often think about it that way. We think that somehow God created perfection and then we messed it up Um, but as people actually God doesn't create us to be perfect he creates us to be imperfect beings who need him to complete us Uh, the classic example of this for me is Moses as he's standing before the burning bush God comes to speak to him and he says to him I want you to go back to Egypt and take my people out of slavery and oppression and bring them into the promised land and Moses starts talking about all of these excuses and reasons why he can't do it. But one of the things that he says is, I am slow of speech and tongue. And if you have a look at the etymology of the Hebrew word there, he's essentially saying, I have a stammer or I have a stutter. We don't often think about Moses that way, right? We think about him as the guy with, you know, uh, was it Charlton Heston um, kind of attitude that stands up with his great bold voice. But actually, scripture tells us that Moses suffered from a stammer or a stutter. He was slow of speech and tongue. And it's fascinating because God doesn't respond to Moses and say, oh, yeah, gosh, I didn't, I'd forgotten about that. Oh, yeah, no, you can't be my spokesperson. Rather, God says to him, his, he literally responds and says to Moses, who gave man his mouth? And the point that he's making here is, I created you that way. And we don't often think about it like this, that God has actually built within us weaknesses or flaws that would somehow make us feel like we're incomplete but he actually does create us that way because then it will allow us to then want to reach out to him 
and to see his power, as Paul says, made perfect in our weakness. Paul actually created a whole theology around this, that we would boast about our weaknesses because then it allows us this opportunity to reach out to God and have him fill the gaps for us. And so as David is speaking about being fearfully and wonderfully made, he's recognizing that that includes the strengths and the weaknesses and that God knew what he was doing when he created him. You know, this is powerful. It's a powerful lesson, not just for us as people who follow Jesus, but also being able to speak to our kids in this way. You know what? There are things, kids, that you don't like about yourself. There are things that frustrate you about yourself. There are emotions that you have. There are difficulties that you experience. And you feel like you cannot be complete until you get rid of them. But I want to tell you a truth. That actually if you reach out and allow God to come and complete you, he will fill all of those areas that are weaknesses in you. All of the areas that are deficient in you that you don't like about yourself, he can come and his power can be seen through you and can be glorified through you and through those weaknesses. Have you ever considered that God is clever enough to create areas in you that will make you a better person as you grow and that will build your character? Because he chooses to do that. That's the way he works. And David's speaking about that here, but it's also something that we need to understand at the core of our soul And also to teach to the kids in our care. We'll continue on with verse 17. How precious are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So he has this beautiful poetic, he's got this amazing understanding of who God is. And he is truly in awe of him. Uh, David is amazed and so should we be. We can actually entrust ourselves to God because he knows everything and he wants to be near us anyway. And not only that, he has the power to affect everything according to what he sees as being a hope and a future for us. He's omniscient. He knows it all. He's omnipresent. He wants to be with us. He's omnipotent he wants he has the power to be able to affect our lives and this is the goodness and the greatness of God that David was seeing and that he was speaking about we'll continue on with verse 19 if only you God would slay the wicked away from me you who are bloodthirsty they speak of you with evil intent your adversaries misuse your name do I not hate those who hate you Lord And abhor those who are in rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I love how he gets to this point of the psalm and he doesn't just let it beautifully finish, but he actually goes into some of the grubbiness of his soul. He sees that evil lies outside of him, but he can also recognize that evil lies inside. And what I love about this is that through this psalm, he expresses that to God. You know, sometimes we we come to God and when we speak to him, we just share with him the nice bits. I feel this or I wish that you would do this. And we try and sanitize it. 
David just lays it out there and he goes, I feel this. And it's ugly and it's horrid and it's evil. And I can see that there's evil that lies outside of my realm and outside of my world. But it also lies right inside my heart. I have hatred in my heart, Lord. And then he shares that with him. And he says to him, search me and know me. He's saying, see the wickedness, see the the horrid grossness of my soul and the things that come through my heart search me and then change me make a difference in me and I love this I you know it's okay for us to share those things with God the ugliness in our soul it's okay for us to share evil intent that exists within our soul and to ask for him to recreate us from the inside out an honest heart full of trust for the power presence and knowledge of God We'll know that asking for him to do a work on our heart will always work out well for us. And so we come to him and we say, search me. I wonder if you today were to spend some time and just some time in God's presence and just say to him, Lord, what would you say to me? What do you want to see within? What can you see within me? And what do you want to share with me today? And just be honest with him about where you're at, who you are, what you're feeling. And really just let it all out there because I know that God wants to reach us in such a deep and close place and to transform us as he searches us and shows us who we are. But it takes for us to come to him in honesty. So I hope that you've enjoyed our wander through Psalm 139 today. My prayer is that you will meet with God and he will meet with you. And that it would be a beautiful, honest, life-giving exchange. Thank you so much for being with us today on Faith and Fostering. We look forward to being with you next time. And in the meantime, let's remember, every child deserves a family.